everybody. This is episode 22 of Eat, Drink, Write, and Urban Fantasy Whiteboard. I am Sherry Ellison. I'm Taylor Ellison. And today we're going to talk about the anti-hero. Yes. But first, tell me how your week has been. Uh, it was okay. I had a stats test on Thursday, so I stressed out about that for the entire week. So I didn't get like much writing done or anything like that. I got word that my university is planning to open in mid-June, um, and it falls on me to make sure that my labs are, are good to go, because we're only allowed to have two people in the lab at one time and one person in the office. Um, so does, I that, does that mean you have to schedule, make the schedule for who's allowed to come in? Not necessarily. I think we're going to talk about it next week. Yeah, I don't know how that's going to work, and my boss was like, only one person can be in your office at a time, and I share an office with five people. Oh, Lord. <laughs> So we'll see how that goes. I imagine it's probably going to be, you know, come in, get your research done in the lab, and then go home. So it's hmm. probably going to be what it's like. Oh, I got my first rejection letter from an agent this week. So I'm officially yeah. in the in the writing trenches. Woo! Yeah. Oh, boo. Yeah, that's okay, though. Like, I don't really mind. You know, she she emailed me, or it was like a form response in Query Manager, and she did it, like, the next day. So, like, I'd rather, you know, have an agent uh, just completely reject it when they know that they don't want it rather than just like not answering at all. So yeah, I'm not just that bummed about it. It was the first one. Whatever. That means that she knew right off. It's not what she's looking for. So yeah, instead yeah. of making you wait and wait, you know, you she knew. And so that's, that's not a bad thing. Yeah. Uh, How was your long. Um, I'm overwhelmed with all the stuff I'm trying to do. Uh, the state offices are also trying to get back up and running. They're saying at some point in June, but they've got to have all the supplies to keep things clean. They got to figure out a bathroom schedule. I mean, all kinds of stuff. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, luckily I work from home mostly, um, but it's still all up in the air. I guess I'm anxious. I, I don't know. Either it's the fact that I've been away from people so long. I, I just, I haven't felt right for a couple of weeks. I'm, I don't know. But yeah. I did. I did make a bunch of masks. I've gotten more masks up for sale, so there is still the ten percent off, and it is EDW podcast uh, for those who were listening <laughs> last time, where I didn't know what I had put. It is EDW podcast ten percent off. They're already fairly cheap. I'm trying to basically donate them because I know that there's such a need for them out there. Um, yeah. So they're they're nine ninety five, and then you do pay shipping. But with the 10% off, hopefully that will help. Otherwise, I've just been working. Yeah, typical week. What are you eating and drinking? Uh, so I made, I actually made chocolate chip cookies this week for, um, for the week because there was one week I know that I mentioned on the past, on a past episode where I was craving cookies a mm -hmm. lot. And I just did like store-bought, like in a container already pre-made cookies. And this week I made cookies. Oh, nice. So I did that, and then I'm drinking um, a tea from the Peacock Tea Room. Um, it's the, you know what it is, it's the Strawberry Moon one. Oh, yeah, that's one of yeah. their best ones. That's honestly it's one fantastic. of the best ones. Yeah. Yeah, oh, and you can tell it's humid here today. It it's, is rough today. <laughs> it's been raining, and now it's sunny again, but it's steaming, and my hair is wow. Yeah, So yeah, yeah it's it's lovely this is one of those times where I'm not quite sure I'm happy about being on video um, 
but I am eating stuffed mushrooms. I just made these. They're still hot. Let's see if I can Ooh. show you. Oh yeah. Stuffed, stuffed mushrooms. Um, they're keto and they've got Parmesan cheese and garlic and uh, cream cheese on them. And I'm drinking, I made an attempt to, to make a keto Cosmo because Cosmopolitan is my favorite drink ever. And I haven't been able to drink them since I've been on keto. I keep trying to come up with some that just aren't good. This is cranberry vodka, cran, uh, lime vodka, some orange, um, essence of orange to get that little bit of orange flavor in there, real limes. And then because I didn't want to just drink straight vodka and not be able to speak after 10 minutes of being on the podcast, I put a little bit of club soda in it. It tastes very sweet to me. I think that the flavored vodkas are sweet. And honestly, they may have sugar in them. Yeah. I don't know. They don't list, you know, they don't list the um, ingredients. So I, it may not be keto at all. Right. But we may have to pause for me to go and get some wine because I know that that's good and I know it's keto. So, but I'm, I'm working on it and it's in my little pink glass with my little pink straw. <laughs> so I'm all color coordinated today. It's adorable. Mm -hmm. Perfect. So anyway, we are going to talk about the anti-hero. Yes. So what is an anti-hero? It's not the same thing as a villain. Right. Anti-hero is a central character in a story, movie, or drama who lacks conventional heroic attributes. Although the anti-hero may sometimes perform actions that are morally correct, it's not always for the right reasons. Uh, often they act out of their own self-interest or in ways that defy conventional ethical codes. Yeah. They can be morally ambivalent. Um, empathy as the reader allows us to see the world from their point of view and understand it, but we might, we probably don't agree with it. Right. Um, yeah. And, you know, I had a point where, and you've mentioned it with morally ambivalent, is like an anti-hero is typically a morally gray character. Mm -hmm. um, you know, most of the time, they're also still supposed to be rooted for, though. I feel like, you know, most of the research that I did say, most of the time, it's like, oh, how can I make a, a likable anti-hero? Um, yeah. So it seems, like, it seems like that's the main goal of an anti-hero, is to have, like, yeah. a morally gray. And I think that they are the main character. Usually, they don't have to be, but a lot of times, your anti-hero is the protagonist, so to speak, the main character. Otherwise, if it's not from their point of view, they might be considered the villain or a villain yeah. in the story. So it's from their point of view, which makes them an anti-hero as opposed to the villain of the story. They right. are the main character of the story normally. I, I have read a book and I'm hoping some of our listeners might know what I'm talking about because I cannot find it and I don't remember the name of it. I'll get to it later. But that character is an anti-hero, but he is not the main character. He is a main character but he is not the main character. And when your your dad read it, he he can't remember it. He doesn't even remember the book. He hated it so badly because the guy was such a bad guy yeah. that he, he couldn't get beyond. And I'll tell you what he did. And hopefully some of the listeners can help me find this book because I want to read it again. Uh, but anyway, so anti-heroes, there's a lot of different types of anti-heroes. And I, there were so many blogs and articles out there. Some had seven types, some had 10 types. Yeah. Some, you know, it's just all a matter of how you categorize it. So I kind of went through all of those and lumped them together in what I thought 
was the best way to do it and you can jump in. There, the first kind of anti-hero is a non-heroic character in the conventional sense, where you think of the hero as being strong and determined and truthful and, you know, dun -da -da, that kind of right, thing. Courageous and yeah. Yeah, the non-heroic uh, conventional hero is one who is self-doubting, he's fearful, he's anxious, he might lack the combat skills. Think of Bilbo Baggins in the, the first one, the, the Hobbit. Yeah. Right. He is Which, the, you know, I don't, you know, we talked about the, the definition and I would not classify that type of anti-hero as morally ambivalent. Um, no, but so, he is anti-conventional hero. Right. You yeah, know, I agree with that. I agree with that completely. I just don't see him as like a morally gray character, which is what I saw a lot of when I was researching. For that's this. true. Another example of this is something in, in my book that I'm working on right now, the twin saga. Yeah. And the um, apprentice who has his own storyline is a non-traditional hero. He is also, he's younger, he's scared, he's just an apprentice, so he doesn't have the skill set, and yet he's thrown into these circumstances where he has to attempt to be a hero, and it is amusing to yeah. watch his trials of going through all of that just like with Bilbo his character arc of going from you know his safe little corner of the world to right. what he ended up at his little um, hobbit hole yeah the reluctant hero these are heroes that don't feel the urgency to fight against that villain they know the villain's there they see the villain but they're mo more concerned about their own things that are going on they eventually join the fight but only when they feel like there's something personal at stake. So Han Solo from Star Wars. Yeah, absolutely. Jack Sparrow from the Pirates of the Caribbean. Tyrion in Games of Game of Thrones. He's perfect. Yep. He drinks and he knows things. And Shrek, I mean, that's your generation. Shrek was, <laughs> he's a perfect character, a reluctant hero. Yeah, yeah. Um, you've got the realist hero who is ready to spring into action if they observe wrongdoings, but the difference is that uh, they're also willing to do not so good things in order to achieve those goals. They have little expectation of the character that they're having to go against do, coming around and doing the right thing. They don't yeah. believe that they can fix it, that it is what it they're is. Kind of like a, like a pessimist. Yes, a little bit. Uh, uh, probably more a realist than a pessimist, but they don't believe in the good of people. There's no point in trying to save them. Just go ahead and kill them and move on. So um, that's a pessimist to me. Okay, well, maybe, maybe, maybe it's pessimist. Um, <laughs> the example of that is Rocket, the raccoon from Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. He is a perfect, what did I call this? The realistic hero. Yeah. It is what it is, and you've got to do what you got to do you know, don't try to be all optimistic and hope for, to save the world kind of thing. It is what it is. Right. Um, Bran and Charles Cornick from the Patricia Briggs series are both, yeah. I would say, realistic, um, maybe pessimistic. I mean, I think they still have hope. Bran and they've both seen so much. That, yeah. But I think they both still have hope that there is um, goodness yeah. in people. I definitely think that they're more realist than pessimistic. It was just funny the way that you were describing it is like oh there's no hope for people and so like I felt I was like that's that's definitely pessimism <laughs> yeah you're right um John McClane from the Die Hard movies yeah 
you know, he wasn't, well, he was kind of reluctant too, but he was full on, this is what has to be done. He had no problem killing the bad guys because he had to save the people. There right. wasn't any hope of, oh, I'm going to talk them out of robbing this building, whatever. So John McClane is a good example of that. Then you move to an even more gray character, type of character, the shady hero. Yeah. They're cynical. Their drive to do good is skewed by past dramas or a thirst for vengeance. And we talked last week or the week before last, I don't remember when, we talked in one of our episodes about childhood traumas and yeah. how those can shape you. The shady hero might have some kind of trauma in their background that skews their view of how doing good is, what they're doing to do that good is, is okay. Yeah. Um, I think along the lines of Deadpool, Riddick and the Chronicles of Riddick, Jamie Lannister even. Yeah. So yeah, there's, they're, they're a little bit worse than the realist. They're more willing to get down in the dirt and roll around and do what has to be done. Uh, yeah. And uh, they're skewed often in their vision. And you had something that you said you wanted to say. Yeah. It, I've just also seen this one called uh, The Knight in Sour Armor, Antihero. And I just hmm. liked that title. That's um, neat. I like that it, too. It just, yeah. It just hit me funny. And I was like, huh, that's really interesting. And it's like, you know, they have um, cynical outlooks and they're very down on the world and they're just, they're very sour. They're very sour people. So it's the knight in sour armor, which I thought. Yeah, their, their armor's not shiny. They're not the knight in shiny <laughs> right. armor. Their armor's a little bit sour. I, I yeah. like that. I like, I like that, that a lot. Too. And then there's the absolute unconscionable hero. This is the hero who is amoral, downright sinister, and the only redeemable fact about them is that they're not the villain of the story. It's, it's that the main character is from their point. Of, they're the main character. And that's the only reason you don't characterize them as the villain. It, um, if told from a different point of view, they would be the villain. Right. So like Raceland from the Dragonlance series, you never read that, I don't think, but it's a Dungeons Dragons series. One of the first ones I ever read that got me into fantasy. Raceland yeah. is a good example of that. Dexter from the series where he, kills Absolutely. people he is the perfect unconscionable hero yeah so from any other point of view he is the villain he's yeah. out there killing people but from his point of view he's an anti-hero because he's skewed in his vision of how he's doing right he's satisfying his need but he's doing it in a quote good way if there's he ever a, a good way <laughs> he has a code that's right um, Cersei in Game of Thrones. There's a lot of Game of Thrones anti-heroes, I think. Um, yeah. She's absolutely, she's a step worse, probably three steps worse than Jaime Lannister and yeah. a whole lot worse than Tyrion Lannister. Uh, the whole Lannister clan had issues. But um, who do you think, what do you think Snape would be from Harry Potter? Out of all of those types? Yeah. Or do you think there's a different type that I haven't said? No, I, I think you've covered, like, I, I think you've covered them pretty well. I think he'd probably be uh, maybe a reluctant hero, um, you know, because he loved Harry's mother, and that was his whole reason for protecting Harry. Um, he didn't necessarily like Harry, obviously, throughout the, yeah. past, like, the way that he treats him is, like, not great, and all that kind of stuff, but he had his reasons, because um, he didn't like Harry's father, and, like, all that kind of stuff, so I think he'd probably be, uh, a, like, probably a mixture of the reluctant hero and the shady hero. 
Yeah, he's in between because he doesn't enjoy the bloodshed. He doesn't enjoy the right. killing like uh, Bellatrix. Yeah, Bellatrix, yeah, yeah. Right? Oh, she loves the blood and the gore and the, oh, yeah, let's kill them well, all. She's psycho. She's yeah, very she, She's a villain. There's no anti. Although yes. I suppose if you wrote it from her point of view, she would be an anti-hero. Maybe. But, we, I guess I don't, I haven't read the books in an extremely long time, so I don't remember if we get any backstory on her. That's what I was going to say. If it is from her point of view, we'll know a lot more about why she behaves the way she behaves. Yeah. And so she might be an anti-hero as opposed to a villain because we'll know more about why she's so batshit crazy. <laughs> right. No, exactly. So um, there's also a series, the Thomas Covenant series. It's by Stephen R. Donaldson. Yeah. Um, I liked the series. Your father hated the series. He doesn't like these non-heroic characters as a main yeah. character. He does not understand them. He doesn't, there is no empathy Connection with them. There, yeah. Yeah. He has no, no relation to them because he is more a heroic type person. He wants to do good. He believes in people. He's I mean, he's a realist. He's a lot more realistic than I am. I'm much more of an optimist than he is, but he is not, he doesn't understand someone who could hurt someone else, even if it's supposed to be for a good reason. There is no good reason to hurt someone else. Well, right. other than self-defense. I mean, he, yeah. he's all for that, but you know, some of like Thomas Covenant um, raped a woman. <sighs> He, he's a leper in our world and he goes into this other world and there's some magical qualities there that cure his leprosy and he can't control getting the feeling and things back and he ends up raping this girl and he could never get beyond that. That yeah. is, in his mind, that was irredeemable. It doesn't matter what the character arc was. It doesn't matter what good he ended up doing. That was it for him. Yeah. Um, but it is an excellent example of an entire series with an anti-hero as the main character. Right. And then I was thinking about Witcher. You've got the books, the games, all of that. I've never read the books. I saw the series. Where would he be? I haven't read the books yet. Um, I do have the third game. Um, I think... Well, he's a mercenary, so he's not, you know, he's, he does things for himself. I'm trying to figure out where, maybe, maybe a realist hero slash reluctant hero for him. He um, might even be farther along down to the shady because he did have vengeance. There were things yeah. that he did to further a goal and he didn't really care who got hurt. Right. He, he had redeeming qualities. Yeah. Which, yeah. Which well, you, and I think that's important for an anti-hero. Like if you're I, labeling them as an anti-hero. I think so too. I think they have to have redeeming qualities. Yeah, he's an interesting case because he is, uh, you know, he's the monster hunter and he is pretty cynical, which would fit mm -hmm. the shady hero. But he's also like very for helping people. Like he does mm -hmm. help people. He does it for money, granted, but he mm -hmm. still helps people. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, he's he's an interesting, interesting example. Yeah, I can't wait to read those books. At some point, I've got to. Yeah. Um, comic books are full of anti-heroes, and so you've got to be careful not to, if you're going to write and you don't want it to be comic bookish, you've got to be careful not to overdo it. Yeah. But like one of my favorite anti-heroes is uh, Venom. It's yeah. a, I think Marvel, I think. Pretty it's sure it's a Marvel, Marvel, not a DC. I think it's Marvel. Love that character. And then they made the, it was a movie or a series, I'm not sure which, but I watched it too and loved that. Absolutely Tom loved Hardy. 
I think Tom Hardy was the actor. I think so. Yeah. Such a good that he's the perfect anti-hero because you're pulling for him and yet he's not the greatest character in the world. Yeah. Uh, but Catwoman, um, yep. Wolverine, Punisher is a really good one. Punisher he, series on Netflix, like he is a really good example of, of an anti-hero. And I never saw the series. I saw the original movie with Thomas Jane and yeah you know right from the beginning why he is the way he is. His family is murdered. And so in that particular movie, that leads to his anti-hero. He's out for vengeance. Right. But it's for a good, he's helping because the guy he's going after is a really, really bad guy. Now yeah. I think in that movie, it was played by John Travolta. I'm not positive. Really, really good movie, that first one. Yeah, um, but comic booky, and if you're not wanting your book to come across as, I love comic books. So to me, I have no problem with the book coming across as comic booky as long as that's what I expect. So right, make sure that you don't sell your book as being something other than that if that's what it is. Right, because there is a place for that, and I love it. I love comic yeah. books. So how to write an anti-hero? Character development is key, like you said. Um, right. you got to think about the reason as to why they are an anti-hero as opposed to a hero. Right. Um, like kind of like what's, you know, think about what their goal is. Um, why are they willing to be morally gray? Why did they end up that way? Um, do they do things for the wrong, like, do they do the wrong things for the right reasons or do they do the right things for the wrong reasons, like mm -hmm. selfishly or whatever? Mm -hmm. Um, and I think all of that plays into the, the backstory. Yeah. So yeah, definitely you've got to map out your backstory on an anti-hero, I think. I think you have to for any character, but I think it's especially important for an anti-hero to, if you're going to pull it off. Right. Um, you've got to make them flawed, which. Everyone should be. Right? Yeah. Flaws. Like, we all have flaws. E even I feel like I am a very white hat type person. Your father makes fun of me all the time because, you know, I'm, I'm the DA's office and now I'm a special assistant attorney general. And I always feel like I'm fighting for the good, the, the, helping people. And, you know, he says, oh, you got your white hat on again. Um, <laughs> but you've got to have flaws. And I, God, I have flaws too. So even, even someone like me who thinks I'm on the morally correct path, blah, 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 that, you know, lots and lots of flaws. Right. Flaws yeah. make that character. Yeah. Their reasons have to be genuine. I think we talked about this in the villain episode. You know, they're not just going to be bad for the sake of being bad. Right. Especially this type of character where we're trying to make them, you know, likable and we're trying to have our readers root for them. And um, I think it's really important to understand, you know, why they're doing the things that they are. Like, what is their reasoning actually genuine? You know, because we want to we want to sympathize with this character. We definitely yeah. want to get our readers to sympathize with them. Um, yeah. And like I said earlier, the empathy needs to be there whether we agree with them or not we've got to understand why they're doing what they're doing yeah it and you to... know go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> you first uh well i was gonna say like while i was researching this i've realized that i think the anti-hero character is my favorite type of character um depending on like how it's done i've been watching the 100 and mm -hmm. the main character in that one has had to go through all of these storylines where she makes these impossible decisions and she's chosen things that are like completely terrible, but she has her reasons for doing them. 
Um, and I love her as a character just because she had to make those decisions and stood by them. And yeah, I've just realized that I really, really enjoy this type of character. You know, it's funny, speaking of that, we just finished the third season of Ozark. Nice. Oh my Lord, talk about making decisions that are horrible decisions that are done for reasons that we, as the viewer, are understanding why they're doing it at the time, but they lead to things that we we saw what was going to happen yeah. right down yeah. the track. That one, they're all, I think everybody in that, I don't think there's a good character. In, well, maybe Ruth, although see, even she it. is not a hero. Yeah. I, I don't think there's a single hero in that entire series, but excellent series. If y'all haven't watched it, that that's what we've been binging lately. And I'm so sad that we're now done with what's out there so far. <laughs> yeah. But excellent examples of anti-heroes for sure. Yes. Um, show their inner struggle when you're your their inner struggle when you're writing them. It's helpful for the reader to empathize with them if we see that they're struggling with these choices that they have to make. Right. You know, like you had said somewhere that they might be making the doing the wrong things for the right reasons. Yeah. Or doing the wrong the right things for the wrong reasons. <laughs> right, yeah. Well, okay, so I sampled some of these as I was trying to make one. So I'm, oh. it's more than just this one drink that I've had. Um, <laughs> I can feel it for sure. So blah, 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 blah. But yeah, it helps us connect with these people, even if they're reprehensible people, it helps us to connect with them when we can see that struggle inside of them. So when you're writing it, do that. Yeah. They have got to have some redeeming qualities. I think we talked about this in the villain one too. You know, they might be rescuing a cat that's stuck up in the tree. Right. There, there's got to be something where your reader is like, there. there's hope for this character. There is yeah. something about them that is uh, Like, oh, redeemable. they're a person. Yeah, like they're a human. Yeah. Like, oh, they yeah. feel things. Yeah. Um, no, I agree. Because we still want, like I said, we've been saying it the whole time. We still want our readers to like this character. Um, yeah, the love to hate thing. Yeah, so I was talking about the 100, and you liked, I think, John Murphy in that show, because he, which, is, he is a definition of an anti-hero. Which um, one was he? He's the one who is, like, he, just, he, he does everything for himself. He's a very selfish character, and his whole goal is survival. Um, okay. I know you liked him a lot. Oh, was he the leader? The leader guy? No, that's Bellamy. John okay. Murphy is just very snarky, very, like, sarcastic, and is completely out for himself and he makes decisions that are for his survival only oh but then, like, sure I love him. him oh yeah. yeah and then as you get to know him he's like oh well I'll, I'll maybe help do the right thing if it's good for me too <laughs> so yeah Which, those are such great characters they are yeah they're a lot of fun because not everybody there is nobody who is a true hero there are no such things as true heroes no absolutely not everybody's got a dark side everybody yeah. has done things that they shouldn't have done you know you for the right reason for the wrong reason whatever it is so yeah i don't those characters honestly are boring yeah <laughs> I, I like the anti-hero although from daddy's your, from your father's point of view there you can go too far absolutely i mean Arguably, the, the Thomas Covenant one that you were talking about, sure, he's an anti-hero, but I imagine that's probably because he's an unconscionable hero. If this were written from somebody else's point of view, he would probably be a villain. I don't know. He's got lots of issues. There are people who are more empathetic 
and people who are less empathetic. And as an empathy type person, I understand and I feel why they do these things. Let, let me bring up this book that I can't remember and I'm hoping our listeners know what I'm talking about. Okay. It's, it's set in apparently in the way past long, long ago, there was a colony ship from earth and it came to this planet and it's generations now have lived on this planet. So earth isn't even something that they even really remember. Yeah. But it's more, it's got a science fiction-y feel to it because we know they came from earth at some point in the past. There is a character in this book, like thousands of years ago, he murdered his wife and child in order to have more power magically. Thousands of years have passed since that. It gave him immortality. And he's now in the setting of the book. And the main character, I think it's female. I can't remember. As he's going along, he's helping. He is a definite anti-hero. I mean, obviously, but he's helping the main character achieve whatever her goals are. And I don't remember what they are, but your dad was like, I hate this book. It's inexcusable to ever kill your wife and child. That's it. It's done. There's no hope. But by the time a thousand years later, you've seen he's not that same person. Yes. What he did was heinous, but you feel for him. Daddy doesn't feel for him. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's gone. Too bad. You killed your wife. You killed your kid. There's no hope for you. I don't care how good you are now. I don't care what you've tried to do to make up for it. No. Yeah. But I cannot for the life of me, remember what this story was. And it had to be from the nineties because it was that long ago. And when it's an old book, yeah. but I remember a scene where they have to go into this deserted town and they go into this town and there's these tendrils of smoke. And if it touches you, you die. It's the shadow smoke things. And I remember that vividly. And I really, really want to read this book again. And I can't remember who it is, what it is, what it's about. So maybe some of our listeners know what this book is about. If you do, please help me. I've tried Google search. Did you know that there is a Google book search? No. It is amazing. I, because I want to read this book so badly. I came across this. It's called Google Books. And you type in, okay, so anti-hero, killed his family for magic, um, earth, uh, settlers. You know, type in all these words and it'll pop up books that it might be. Neat. And so I tried that and I haven't found it yet. Of course not. (laughs) It might be, there was one called Black Sun Rising and that sounded a lot like it, but as I looked at it, I don't think it is, but it could be. So I'm going to look into that one more, but I don't think it is. But anyway, that, this episode made me think of that character and he is a definite anti-hero, but from your father's point of view, he's a villain no matter what. Right. There is no redeeming quality. There is nothing that he could do now. It doesn't matter if he saves the kitten. It doesn't matter if he does anything because he killed his wife and child and that's unforgivable. Yeah. So just keep that in mind when you're, when you're trying to write your, your book. So make them well-rounded. Uh, they should be three-dimensional. Um, yeah. Um, Which, you, have- you know, I think, I think same, I mean, it same goes for every character, but I think it's especially right. important if you want this character with morally gray attributes if you want this character with villainous attributes if you want your readers to like them I think it's important to show um every aspect of the character so yeah I think so you know I think Stephen King is really good at that uh everybody 
every one of us is flawed. All of us have bad and good in us. And he is so good at showing those inner thoughts. He, he, he is amazing. He's one of my idols. And uh, I just, yeah. someday maybe I can write the inner thoughts of people like he writes. Yeah. Yeah. Cause he makes them so vivid. Like he, he makes you right there. Yeah. No one else that I have ever read can get that internal dialogue like Stephen King can. Some of his books are cliche and, you know, but, but they're so good because of his characterization. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. He's, um, he's something else. Um, I do have one last point that I found okay. um, while I was researching this and I thought it was really interesting. And it said that the anti-hero should make a change in someone's life. So in one of your other characters' life, whether it's good or bad, they should make a difference. Um, and I thought that was interesting because I think, I think that's pretty true. Like if you have an anti-hero okay. character, then it's the decisions that they make um, because they are morally gray should change things. Think about Jamie Lannister. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He pushed Bran out of the, yeah. you know, made him crippled for the rest of his life. Totally changed that kid's life. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It, things exactly like that. Yeah. Well, I thought that was an interesting point. That is very interesting. So I came up with things to think about as you're writing this anti-hero. Um, an anti-hero is often an idealist, or I mean, a real hero is often an idealist, or at least has hope that things can change or be fixed. You know, they're, they're trying to save the world or whatever. Right. The anti-hero is more of a realist. Yeah. The hero has a conventional moral code, something that Everyday people understand, you know, this is right and this is what you're supposed to do. Okay. Right. Well, the anti-hero, yeah, yeah, the anti-hero has a different moral code, like Dexter. Like Dexter, <laughs> yeah, definitely. He had a code. He he had a code. <laughs> um, a hero is supposedly extraordinary, which I'm not sure that I agree with that. And an anti-hero can be ordinary. Yeah, I was going to ask when you when you send this one, you know, I think it, that's an interesting thought because your own main character in Frickin' Fairies is quote unquote ordinary. She is human. Um, I would say that she's extraordinary in that, you know, she does go to great lengths to help these fairies. But mm -hmm. in terms of like who she is as a character, you know, like she's an, she's an average person, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, and, you know, she she's still the hero of your story. So I thought that was an interesting point that the hero you, is. You have a point because she definitely, she doesn't have a power that she uses for good. She doesn't, you know, she's just like you and me, just a right. book owner, a bookstore owner who's divorced and is just trying to get on with her life and is the hero of my character. I mean, of yeah. my story. She's, yeah. she's definitely not an anti-hero. She wants no, Absolutely not. But I wouldn't call her, I would call her extraordinary in that she is ordinary and does get involved in this world. And survives it. Right. At least so, in book one. Yeah, well, fair enough. <laughs> uh, so far. <laughs> but, you know, I think it's just interesting um, to have that kind of thought about a, about a hero versus anti-hero. Yeah. Yeah. It, this is very interesting to me. Yeah. A hero is always proactive and striving, but an anti-hero can be passive. And I would argue that maybe they should be at some point, because if your hero needs help and goes to them and they're like, I'm not helping you, what does that do for me? 
I mean, yeah, I think of the Han Solo thing. He's right. Passive. He's like, what's in it for me? Right. Yeah, we all loved him. Mm -hmm. Absolutely loved him. Well, it's because he's the reluctant hero and he's like, oh, I guess I'll help. <laughs> and so we're all like, oh, he's helping. <laughs> oh, he's got a little heart in there after he's all. He's got a little heart. <laughs> <laughs> um, a hero is often decisive whereas an anti-hero can be indecisive or pushed into action against their will, which is like what we were talking yeah, about. And Bil yeah. Bilbo Baggins is uh, exactly yeah. that. But yeah. Bilbo has very heroic qualities that come out. He does. He does. And I think he's very optimistic. I think he does have heroic qualities while also having anti-hero qualities. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. The hero is the modern version of a knight in shining armor, and the anti-hero can be a tarnished knight and sometimes a criminal, which I like your, what was it, sour armor? Oh, the knight in sour armor, yeah. Yeah. So knight in shining armor versus knight in sour armor. I like that. Yeah, I like that. So that's pretty much all I had on the anti-hero. They're, they're quite interesting characters, and if you've want to write a book with that as your main character more power to you they are very interesting but do be aware you're going to have people like my husband who can't get beyond it depends on what you make their bad act yeah i have is yeah i think they can also make decent side characters so in the book that mm -hmm. you just read of mine i have dre and she's very much an anti-hero type person mm -hmm. um and my girlfriend read the book too and she was like you know I thought I liked Dre, but by the end of the book, I decided I did not like her. Um, and it's because she's an anti-hero character. She does very morally ambiguous things. Um, but I have a feeling as we get to know more about her that we're going to understand her a little bit better. There is more yeah. to Dre and what she needs and why that we don't know yet. Yeah. And um, the the love interest, what's his name? Monroe. Monroe. I knew it started with an M. I was going to call him Morgan. I'm like, Morgan is not right. No. Um, he is kind of an anti-hero as well. Oh yeah. So far, we don't so, we don't know so any we don't know much about him yet, but he is definitely morally gray from what we've seen so far. Yes, in book one, he is for sure morally gray, and honestly, I'm sure he'll stay that way. Um, I, we might I like him a lot. But yeah. Yeah. Um, I do have an interview question for you. Okie doke. What's your favorite flaw to write into a character? AKA, what is one flaw that you notice you write into characters often? Hmm. I like characters. I write a lot of characters who don't think first. They uh, act. They like act. Like or hot-headed kind of thing. Yeah. 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 That, I guess we do. That, that's an exciting thing to write because they're doing these things and you're going, what are you? doing why are you doing this? and they're going out and doing it. And, but we understand why they do it i mean it's they're they're reacting they're reacting and trying to save someone or they're reacting and to to something right and that is a very fun flaw to write yeah yeah so, i think uh, mine is stubbornness i write stubbornness into my characters and aiden is hardcore stubborn Mm -hmm. to the point where it will probably get her killed someday like she is <laughs> just very much a stubborn person and you know she thinks about things before she does them and she goes you know what 
it's worth it to say no to this person because they're annoying <laughs> and she does that's, it. That's pretty great. So yours thinks about it and does it anyway. Mine don't yeah. think about it and do it. And then afterward, they're like, oh my God, what did I do? See, that's and most of those are going to get our characters killed. I'm just saying. <laughs> you're right. You're right. I, I like the quirky, snarky, cynical characters a lot. Yeah. And I don't yeah. know that those are flaws. I don't know that quirky is a flaw. Quirky probably isn't a flaw. Cynical yeah, isn't I, necessarily a flaw. Right. Yeah, not necessarily. I think I think Aiden's stubbornness is definitely a flaw for her. Yeah. Um, the fact that she cannot get beyond her own, like, no, you told me to do this, so I'm not gonna. Like, that is definitely a flaw. Yeah. Um, and you're so, right. She does it with choice. She does yeah. it knowing what she's doing, whereas Beck, she sees the familiar who's in trouble and obviously I've got to save this girl. I've got to help her. She needs help and she help, helps her. And then all of a sudden the entire uh, incubi community is now wanting to kill her. So yeah. Surprise, surprise. Yeah. She doesn't think before she acts, but, but it's a good care. I love her for it. It is very fun. I love writing flaws into characters. It makes mm -hmm. them more interesting. It makes them 100% more interesting. I, I would agree. rather read about a character who is like, uh, okay, the consequences of this could be death, but also I'm going to do it anyway. And that's just so much more interesting to me. There is a character, there's a book I read, the author's in Athens. I can't remember her name, Robin. You'll have to Robin, look her up. Yeah, she, I read all of her books, the Spirit Something series, and she's got a character in there who is staunchly correct, and he's a warrior, and, you know, kind of think along the lines in D&D of, of a paladin, you know, this is the way things should be, but that in itself is a flaw. Yeah, yeah. That that rigidity is yeah. his flaw. He can't see beyond, you know, actually her main character in that series is an anti-hero. I'll have to pull that series out. Honestly, I think they're everywhere. I think a morally gray character is a, is a widely used character these days because no one, like you said, is either all good or all bad. Mm -hmm. I think there's always going to be like a morally gray choice for, and honestly, they're the most interesting ones for me to read. Like, do you choose between this person's life or this person's life? And you have to make a decision mm -hmm. um, or you choose neither of them and they both die. So, and those are the most interesting dilemmas to me to read. And I think that doesn't, you know, they have their reasons for choosing one or the other and that can lead into anti-hero territory i think i also like broken people but that's a whole different episode yeah we can do an episode on well we kind of were working towards it with different with, traumas and stuff yeah those childhood traumas but yeah right. I, i'm thinking of the umbrella academy some of those yeah. those kids i think all of those kids in that one are pretty much broken they have reason to be yeah. Have you seen that whole, you saw that series, right? Yeah. I can't wait for the next season. That It's very soon. Is it? I think it's like July, July 4th, question oh, mark. Real soon. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, July people, something like that. this is anti-heroes. Yes. Oh, I forgot the outro again. You always do. I do. It's here somewhere. Oh, I found it. Uh, thank you for listening. <laughs> Um, pretty much you can go to our website at eatdrinkwritepodcast.com. Uh, everything is there. We got links to just about everything. I finally added another, I don't know if you've been to it lately, but I've added another little link of things promised during our podcast. And I've started putting stuff that 
oh, we should do that. I've started putting stuff in there. You can email us there, contact us there. We would love ideas. I would love more ideas about what you all want us to talk about. Obviously, we're real good at, talk, at talking. Well, sometimes we're not real good at talking <laughs> at all. We're what? Um, blah, blah, blah. Uh, we're on YouTube now with the video, but you can still listen to us on Spotify or anything else that you that you listen to. Um, social media, we've got Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Come come check us out. We have uh, Patreon. We would love your support. If you think we're funny, if you think that we're helpful, I hope we're helpful. Um, come support us. Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash E-D-W podcast. And thank you for listening. Thanks, guys.